everybody and welcome back to the WM32 Football Podcast. Um, today I've been joined by a familiar face and voice to many of you um, as he has featured on the podcast before but in very, very different circumstances. So today I've been joined by none other than Joe Stonell. Um, good to have you on today, Joe. Um, and Thank hopefully we're going to talk about something a little bit more uplifting when we've had you on when we've had you on the uh the podcast previously i was talking about the club that you support tottenham um yeah and so today joe what we're going to look at for you is we're going to almost talk about the day job um and what you do so if i recall you are a sports coach of some description yeah that is correct okay excellent um so how long have you been coaching whether it be various sports or or football how long is how long have you been been doing it um yeah probably about six six or so years now um because i started when i was around 16 um so yeah probably yeah i'd say six years now um obviously my main sport is football um but for my job i obviously have to dip in and out of other sports as well because I, I like I've done a year of PE um so obviously you can't just do football all year round unfortunately um yeah you know so but I've I've been coaching in football teams as well um in many different situations for for these six years as well now so yeah been so yeah. so you've mentioned briefly there about your almost your coaching journey in terms of the fact that, you know, you've coached um, not only just football, other sports as well, and you've been coaching other other teams. So when did that so take me right the way back then to the start of your your coaching journey? Take me all the way back. God, that, that does feel a long time ago now. Um, yeah, so I must have just been coming out of um, upper school um, and I, obviously I was thinking about, OK, what do I want to do when I leave when I leave school? Um, and I've always loved football. It's literally I live and breathe football. Um, I annoy people on a daily basis because all I do is talk football. Um, so I was thinking, yeah, I want to stay in that. I've, I've, uh, and obviously I was looking at all the different um, aspects what you can get into. And I just thought coaching because it, it's, so, it's, you know, you're sort of giving back in a way, aren't you? And, um, and you're still involved. You can help develop players. So while I was literally just getting into college, because I'd done a sports studies course at college um, to help me with my coaching, um, I looked into helping out uh, my brother's team to start off with. So I was sort of like... I wasn't like the assistant manager because I weren't always there on a Saturday because I was still trying to play. Um, so I was more like, let's let's put it like a first team coach. You know, I'd do the odd training session here and there. Um, so that, that was my first sort of step into football coaching um, for my brother's team. Nice. Um would you say then that you've always wanted to be a coach? I know you mentioned there that it was some an avenue that you thought about um, doing after leaving 
as you mentioned there, like upper school, high school, secondary school, however you want to put it. Um, but is it something that you've always wanted to do or is it something that's, you know, just been a, a thought of yours, really? Um, yeah, I guess it has sort of been something I've always wanted to do. Um, obviously, when you're in school, you're never 100% sure what you want to do until you sort of get into it. Um because you never know the full situation till you're in it. Um, but, yeah, it, I, I probably started thinking about it when I was around, probably around when I was 15 or so. I was thinking, yeah, I think the coaching is the way to go. Because, um, obviously, when you're growing up, you see loads of different uh, types of coaches, um, and you think, oh, um, that could be a good thing to do. Like people inspire you, so you, you know it sort of pushes you into that sort of direction. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I quite like that. I quite like that. So when you were growing up, and like you mentioned there about seeing all these different coaches, were you actively trying to take bits from each coach that you came across and thought? oh, yeah, I quite like that. And, you know, if I was to be a coach, this is how I would do it. And Or was it a case of you going, well, actually, I don't particularly like that, so I'm not going to use that if and when I do become a coach? Um, <laughs> this is uh, going to be where it probably gets a bit interesting. Because when I was obviously younger, um, probably between... Cause when, when I started playing football when I was about five or six, um so obviously when I'm that age I'm not thinking oh yeah I want to be a coach obviously you're, you're too young for that um but yeah my I had the same coach from when I was five to six to I was about probably about I think I was around 14 13 and I'm not gonna lie that he, he was a great um man I, I've got a lot of respect for him but he didn't have a clue about football bless him um he was more of a rugby guy. And I remember once we went to training. Um, we went to training and uh, he went, oh, yeah, I, I, I was uh, playing FIFA with my son earlier. And uh, we saw this on the training part, on the skill game. So we're going to try it in training. And it is probably one of the weirdest training sessions I'd ever had. I was thinking, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing here. He's completely out of his depth. And he was. Um, but then obviously I moved teams and I had a coach who knew a bit more about football, had a deeper understanding. Um, I don't think he had the qualifications as such. I think it was stuff what he saw when he, wants, when, when he went to watch football teams play. Um, he was trying to recreate that. Um, but it was a lot better. And then the last coach who I had was absolutely clueless. So I think... A lot of things. I, ha I haven't taken many things ha out of the coaches who I've had, <laughs> I have to admit. Um, maybe more for my second coach, but that was probably more man management, um, small-sided sort of game scenarios. Um, I took a lot away from my third coach on things not to do, um, I have to admit, because he just didn't have, he didn't have a clue. Um, so yeah 
Okay. Um, so with that, then, would you say then that the second coach that you had was perhaps somebody that you looked up to? And um, are there any other coaches um, that you see now that you sort of look up to um, and that inspire you? Um, yeah, I, I would. I would say I've I've tried to um, do quite a few things. What the second coach done for me because. As I said, he probably didn't have the qualifications, and I think he would agree with that. But he was just um, a great guy. If anything was ever going wrong, he always dealt with it in um, the best way he could. He, yeah, yeah, and he was just sort of like an approachable guy. So you could feel like you could talk about your opinions on the games. Because um, believe it or not, um, I was a goalkeeper. So obviously I had quite a good view of the pitch and of the shape and everything. So I used to try and talk to him about what I saw sometimes. So then that way he could maybe try and work on that in training. Um, and I think we had quite a good relationship, and um, which was good. But um, other coaches who I look up to, and I know you you, you know this for, for certain, but obviously Poch, um, like being a big Tottenham fan and everything and um, obviously Poch was with us for ages um, pretty much throughout my whole coaching journey really um, he's someone I've always looked up to um, like from, for many different reasons for the way he handles different situations um, for his coaching philosophy for you know like just just the way his teams play for the way um, yeah, it's just, it's just someone I've always looked up to, to be honest. Obviously, you've got the other coaches as well, like Pep. You, you can't fault Pep at all. He's just just the way his teams play football is amazing. And obviously, I think every, every coach would absolutely love your teams to play the way Pep does. Um, I don't think anyone can deny that. But you, you've got to have a lot of different... Um, ideas so I think looking up to different coaches you can get lots of different ideas of ways to play um, based off of the players you have at your disposal um, yeah <laughs> I mean the uh, the array of coaches there especially the the other two that you've mentioned you know Pochettino and, and Guardiola they're not they're not they're not bad coaches to to look up to especially um, if you was to try and define a, and I know this has been a buzzword around coaching, um, especially over the last, say, six, seven years, or be within your coaching journey, um, was the buzzword of philosophy. Um, and I think, you know, Louis van Gaal was probably the first person that really brought that to light when he came to Manchester United um, those years ago. Um, but if you was to say what your coaching philosophy is, what would it be if you could if you could say what it was or what it is? That's the thing. I've I'm always thinking about this to be honest because I, I I personally think this is a hard question because it all depends on the players you have, um, and obviously where we are, we we're, we're not at a stage where we can go and want to fit um, obviously they're at an age where you can 
like from um, my example, like I coach um, under 11s now. So you can try and mould them into a certain style of playing. Um, but for some of them, it will be hard. Um, and I, I've sort of noticed this through the different teams who I have coached. Um, because, for example, with my under-15s, that was the first season I fully um, I coached um, where I was the main sort of guy. Um, I was still trying to gain what I wanted to get out of them. Um, so sort of that was like a trial season, if that makes sense. And then with my under-16s, I, I wanted them to get the ball down, um, keep the possession for as much as we can, um, but be decisive, like not just keep hold of it for keepsake, because I personally don't see the point of that. Because if you're just going to keep the ball, it just gives the other team a chance to get into a shape. Um, so you've got to be quick. You've got to be moving that ball, what you know, two, three touches max, um, to get into dangerous areas. Um, and you know to cause other team problems and under 16s um, we, we saw that and we done really well but then we went up to under 18s we were in division one and the team what we had was a complete mixed ability mixed social groups um, it was just like probably about three four different groups of people in that they didn't all get on and it was hard to bring in a philosophy into that team. Um, I worked hard for, for quite a while with that, but it just didn't work. So I think that the thing I'd say about philosophy is that where, especially in grassroots, it is hard and you've got to, you've got to be, well, I'm trying to think of the right word. Flexible. Adaptable or adaptable. Yeah, adaptable. That's, that's, that's the word I was looking for. Because if you're too stubborn, because I, I, I did try, I think I, was, I tried it for a little bit too long with my under-18s, I admit that. You, you can lose some of the players um, because obviously the players need to have confidence in you as a coach. Um, and if you're losing week in, week out, um, you are going to lose the confidence and you might and you'll need to change the way you try and set your teams up because um, you've got to play with what you've got because you can't, like, for example, you're not going to see MK Dons going to try and outpass Barcelona, are you? Because they, they don't have them players for that, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, it, you've just got to be adaptable, as you said, I think. And But if I had to, I'll, I'll, you know, it's just keeping the ball, minimal amount of touches, but moving the ball forward. Obviously, it, it is hard to explain. Like, you want to, your first line of defence is your attackers, you're pressing, yeah, it's hard to explain, really, because I haven't thought about it in that much detail because 
I'm not really in a situation with my under 11s where I can be like, oh, we need to play like this constantly, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, that last point you made there actually comes and leads me on quite nicely then to my, my next question, which is um, in terms of playing styles, do you, would you say you, as a coach you have a defined way of playing, whether that be, you know, we are going to play through the thirds at all costs um, and we are going to be a highly possession-based team or is it a more counter-attacking base where, you know, you sit in quite deep and then look to exploit um, spaces and gaps in behind defences that way? Um, so would you say it's a defined playing style that you've got with, with this under-11s group that you coach currently? Or is it dependent on the group that you are working with? So it might change dependent on the players that you've got. Yeah, Um I, I, I do like to try and play through the thirds. Um, so, like, the way I set up my team um, is we set up, because we play nine aside at um, under-11s, we set up in a 1-3-4-1. Um, um, and my centre-back is a ball-playing centre-back. Um, he hadn't played centre-back before this season. Um, he's more like a sort of right mid right back sort of player but he's always been good with the ball so I've sort of put him at centre back because he's very good defensively he's very very calm on the ball and if he's playing centre back and he gets the ball he's not just going to hoof it he's going to look to play out keep the ball um, and but he looks to play it forward as well um, and I've noticed when he hasn't been there or hasn't played um, it has a massive effect on the rest of the team because whoever else you put there sort of panics and boots the ball and then we actually struggle um, because we're not playing the way I've tried to sort of coach them because we we actually are um, quite a good footballing side in our, in our division for our age group because we get the ball, get it out wide um, so we've got some very attacking, quick wingers um, who can cause teams problems. We do look to play in behind as well sometimes, but not just a hoof. It's sort of more like a through ball from the centre mids down the, down the wings. Um, but I, I guess that is sort of playing with what we've got as well, because we've got three, four very good wingers. We've got a ball playing centre back. We've got mid centre mid to passing range for their age, um, but also players another another centre mid who, who literally runs. He must run like a marathon every game, even at nine aside. Um, so I guess my, my yeah my playing style is getting the ball down, playing through the thirds, but trying to be decisive with where um, with with our attacking as well not just keeping it just to wear down the other team because at under 11s you, you don't want you, you don't see that really you sort of it is sort of like more end to end than um, to be honest 
Um, but you see a lot of under 11s teams who, and it does work at this age, which is frustrating, um, who just smash the ball forward um, just to their quick striker. They have the person at the back who's got the biggest kick and they just smash it forward and then they're in. But my personal opinion on that is that you're bypassing the whole midfield there. So the midfield aren't actually learning anything from that game because they're not getting um, into moments where they can make a difference. They can't make mistakes. They can't make the right passes. They can't learn. They're literally being bypassed. And that's something what I've never, never done because obviously, especially like you want your players to develop. And I feel the way I set my team out to play is that they do develop and they have developed really well. Um, so I think, you know, with playing styles, it, it does affect your player's development massively um, at certain ages um, as well. Yeah. I think we got, I think we got to the gist of, uh, of your playing style in the end. Um, so thank yeah. you for that, Joe. Um, so with the players then that you work with or have worked with previously, would you say that there are certain qualities that you look for in a player? I know you've said there it's like previously it's quite difficult for you because you don't necessarily have any form of like transfers or anything like that. Um, but the ones that you've you have worked with, is there any? What are the qualities that you would say you would look for in a in a particular player that that comes to or that is looking to join your team, for example? Well, a big thing for me is just being calm on the ball, because if you're panicking when you get the ball, um, I, I feel I feel that's actually one of the hardest things to coach um, to be honest with you um, and plus it and it takes a long time to get players out of that um, and in the way we play it's keeping the ball under difficult circumstances at times um, and just trying to play it on rather than just clearing it um, so I think that that is a massive quality what I look for, just being calm. Um, and I think that is so important at any age because, for, for example, with my under-11s, if, if they're panicking on the ball and they're just clearing it whenever someone comes up to them, then they're missing out on so many different skills. You know, they're missing out on trying to turn out of trouble, um, different ranges of passing, um, you know, missing out on the strength part as well, for example, like to battle to win the ball. Um, you know, another quality is it's not, it's not so much in the playing ability, but teamwork. Like, that is the big, that's probably the biggest quality what I look for. Just because from what I've seen through, um, my coaching journey through the teams what I've coached, that has been a big issue for for some of my teams. Like for my under 16s team, we was very close to winning the league. Um, 
we got to the Shield final and we was having a great season. But then the team sort of got disjointed um, for different reasons and we ended up losing the league. We still won the Shield, but um, I think we would have won the league if it weren't for the differences what happened um, between teammates and myself. Um, so teamwork and togetherness is a massive thing what I look for um, because you can tell that in a player almost straight away, I feel. Because if they're trying to get other people involved, if they're being supportive, if they're, um, you, you, you know you've got a good team player in there. Um, but if they're, you know, in their first training session, if they're moaning at other players, if they're moaning at little things, you think, oh, this is this lad's going to be a hard one to, hard one to crack. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say they're they're my main qualities. What I look for, to be honest, you know, just nice and simple because, you know, you're you're there to coach them, and and to help develop their skills. So. You can't go, oh, yeah, we want this, this and this, because then you're not going to be really um, creating them skills for them, if that makes any sense. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I kind of see the gist of where you're, where you're coming from. Um, so you mentioned there about the qualities that you look for, obviously being calm on the ball and you know having, having a player that works hard for the team. Would you say that you would have a bias then towards those types of players as a coach so for example if a player was to come to you and you know wants to join your team or whatnot would you say you have a bias then for those types of characteristics on a player versus a player that perhaps doesn't have those characteristics but could be equally as good as a player technically and tactically and all the other all the other aspects of of being a player yeah, I, I have to admit that is that is probably true. Like I've actually got a perfect example of this this season. Um, so we had a few new players join us at the start of the season. Um, and there's this one player, <coughs> excuse me, um, who technically for our, for the age what we play at is is probably one of the best players in the league um we've had coaches after after games we've played oh, oh we, that that player there he's fantastic his passing's phenomenal um and and they they are correct like some of the play he does do is you, you sort of stand there and think no way is he 10 um but we we've we've had quite a few problems with him this season where his attitude towards his teammates hasn't been been good enough. So he hasn't actually so he hasn't started every game. Obviously, I I don't do that under 11s anyway. But there's been times where I was going to be starting him, but then in the warm up or you know training before the match, he's not been very nice or something. So I'll drop him. And we've had a few circumstances like that. Um, then we've had times on the pitch where he's moaned at people, so we take him off, and we've had to take him off multiple times in a game before. 
because um, I just don't think that's something you should be standing for as a coach because it is a team game at the end of the day um, and you want to be and you know you want your players to be having fun you want them to be developing well um, and if you, they're getting moaned at constantly they're not going to be having fun and they won't be developing because if you're ha- having a go at someone um, for trying something what well, they might not have tried before they might not try that certain skill that certain pass again um, so that means they're not going to be developing that um, so yeah you know we've got that player but then we've got this other um, lad who also joined the team this season um, he literally at the start of the season he wouldn't say a word he would just work for the team technically um, no, you know he's, he isn't he isn't anywhere near the level well he wasn't anywhere near the level of um, this other lad but he has come on so much because he's got the right attitude towards his team towards his training um, so he's actually probably probably played a little bit more than this other lad just because of his attitude um, and he's obviously he's calm on the ball as well um, and he never you know and he does make mistakes um, but then he works hard to get it back and he won't stop trying um, the things what he's made mistakes in if, if that makes sense yeah yeah completely completely and it's quite interesting there that you bring up the fact that there's been sort of two different types of player um and that one type of player is actually or from what it sounds like by what you're saying one is sort of progressed that little bit more than the other player um despite the fact that the other player may have been more ahead in their development than this other player already so really really good example that jay thanks for that um Looking at yourself now, um, and you as a coach, you look in a little bit more deep. Would you want to gain any more coaching qualifications um, to the ones that you've already got, or are you happy um, with where you're at in terms of coaching at the minute? Um, to be honest, at the minute, I'm probably happy um, with where I'm at because. I'm, yeah, I'm 22 now. I feel I'm in a good position at the minute with what I've got. Um, and I feel if I keep pushing for more qualifications, then I will have to leave my under-11 team, um, which is something what I don't want to do. Um, because last season, I, I started my UEFA B, and I'm still currently doing that. Um, but last season I couldn't be with my under-11s all the time because, as you well know, for UEFA B, you sort of need to be in and around an 11-a-side team um, to get across what the course um, wants you to get out of it. So I was missing matches for my under-11s to be with the under-18s because obviously that was the priority. But this season I've found a Sunday team to be coaching with um, for my 11 aside um, while I can still focus on the under 11s 
because I'm enjoying that. It's refreshing because you see them develop. And I think that that's, that's a big thing for me, is just seeing them develop. Um, I get so much reward out of that. I get so much joy of um, seeing how far they have come. Um, and I feel on a time element, it, I, I'm struggling to coach two teams um, at the minute. So I feel I'm, I'm happy where I am. Um, obviously, you want to be pushing yourself. So like CPD events, you know, that them sort of things are great. But I don't want to be putting myself in a situation where um, I'm putting the under 11s at. Um, but yeah, where I'm not uh, making the under 11s miss out because they... I haven't really had a secure coach for that long. Um, they've had so many different coaches throughout their journey already, which I don't think is fair. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm quite happy with where I am at the minute, to be honest. Like a goalkeeping one, because I've already done my level one goalkeeping. I might do my level two goalkeeping because that won't affect... Um, my under 11s but um, yeah that's probably about it to be honest with you well um, yeah no interesting uh, interesting thoughts there um, from yourself Joe and obviously good luck um, with your the remainder of your way for B course um, and obviously hope that you you pass that um, as well um, you mentioned there about sort of CPD events and things like that do you think and they're obviously there to help coaches um, with different things um, and hopefully help them get better um, but what would you say what else could be done um, to help coaches develop further in your eyes I um, I personally think um, seeing other coaches coach I I really believe in that like um, even for example if they're not even the best coach um because I'm not going to lie, I've I've seen, I've gone to um, other training sessions to help out, um, and potentially watch coaches before um, or during the session who who have just done things completely wrong, and you think, oh, that can't be right, that's not right, that's not good. Um, so then you think, oh, I can, I have to make sure I never do that. Um, but also. Try, trying to get yourself a mentor, I think, is quite a big thing. Um, so trying to get a coach who can help you along the way. Um, yeah, trying to help you along the way by putting on um, sessions for you, potentially. So that way you can look up, take bits out of that session. Um, and then just someone who you can ask for help, help for. Because I think a lot of coaches, myself included, at times have tried to do too much by ourselves. Um, but I think it's a good, it's good to have like a mentor, someone. Okay, I've tried this; it hasn't worked. Could you potentially um, help me out? Uh, maybe show me a way to do it differently, um, or else you could be stuck in the same loop um, for quite some time. So. 
that that's something what I would say. Get yourself a mentor or someone who you can go and watch. Um, even if it's like every other week or you know you know twice a month, something like that. Someone you can go and watch um, just to take a few things from. Because as people say, um, uh, you know, coaches are the best thieves. You know, we steal things from other coaches to help our to help ourselves. But um, yeah, so a mentor or just a coach who you can um, go and watch a few times is is a big thing for me personally. Brilliant, brilliant. I think the um, some some fantastic points you made there as well, and I think the mentor thing is quite a, a big one as well. I know the FA are trying to do a little bit more in terms of getting mentors. Obviously, I know they've changed the coaching qualification, so instead of coaches being assessed on course, they get a, they get in situ visits and it's more about the coach and in their environments. I think the FA are trying to make courses a bit more personal to, to those on them um, and whatnot. But no, some really, really good points again that you've made there, Joe. Um, this next question's almost got two parts to it. Um, so the first part is, has there been any bit of advice that a coach has given you that has stuck with you um and then the second part would be any advice that you would give to somebody who was in a similar situation like yourself all those years ago um this might sound silly to be honest but one of the biggest um advices from what i've had is literally just coach what you see because i've gone into i i know it sounds basic it sounds really, really basic, but if you dissect it, I think a lot of people would have done what I've done as well. Because um, you go into a session with a plan. You're like, oh, I want to get this. Um, for example, oh, yeah, you switch in play. I want to get this sorted tonight. I want to be sorting this um, out. But then in the session, you're so noticing um, something else which keeps going wrong, which needs addressing. If you leave that um, just to get your point across, that team isn't going to develop as much as if you coach the mistake what they're making. Um, I, I, and I think, I think that is a big piece of advice, what I, what I got, because I think I was just trying to stick to my plan too much, trying to get across what I wanted to rather than um, actually coach what they needed to be coached because it might even just be a five minute thing in in that session oh you know you need to shape up in this way um, to receive the ball just something as simple as that but if you don't coach that then that's then going to have an effect on what you're actually trying to put across Um, and a piece of advice what I would give, obviously I would give that advice, um, but something for myself as well is make sure you're confident with what you're delivering. Because if you're going into a session and you're a bit wary of it, you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I'm not sure um, how this is going to work. And that's probably not the right session to put on. You need to be confident in the session what you put on. Because if you go into a session and you're 
worried about it, the players will be able to tell that you're worried. Um, and then they won't take, then they'll think, oh, he doesn't know what he's on about. He's, he's not even sure about this. So you've got to be confident. You've got to deliver that session confidently. Um, so in that way, the players are thinking, yeah, you know, that is good. You know, I can see his point and, and, that, and that will show um, because obviously the player's confidence in a coach is a big thing. And if they're coming out of a session going, oh, I'm not sure if he believes that's going to work, um, then they might not, then they won't work as hard to try and implement what you're trying to get across. Um, that's that's a big piece of advice what I'd give. Perfect, brilliant, um, guys. That is it for us for today. Um, big thanks to Joe for taking time out um, and sharing his his experiences and his views. Um, don't forget you can follow us on Spotify at WM32Football and YouTube as well. Um, so please give us a like, comment and a subscribe on that on the channel as well. Um, and we hope to see you again very, very soon. Cheers, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank Not a you. problem. Cheers. See you later.